welcome to the July edition of BBRA Beatcast. I'm Francesca Broom, your host and knowledge exchange manager for BBRO. Now, 2020 was certainly a year of extremes for sugar beet, with environmental, social and political pressures affecting how we manage the crop. Now, throughout this challenging season, BBRO continued to monitor the beet yield challenge fields. And this month, we meet the four factory winners to discuss the year and what they learnt from their crops. Firstly, let's join Dr Simon Byrne as he interviews Jonathan Quayle. I'm joined by uh, Jonathan Quayle of Scott Olroyd uh, Company Farming, who farms at the Limes, just uh, south of March area, on a on a medium loam. Me, medium Jonathan, loam. yeah. So, so now Jonathan's joined us today because he was one of the four finalists in the 2020 BYC. Now I'm sure 2020 was a year most of us <laughs> want to forget, uh, and in this particular area, in the March area, so the Whissington factory area, it was particularly hard hit by a virus and Sacosta later on so Jonathan I guess were you a bit surprised when I came to you and said you you did very well surprised and shocked yeah Um, yeah talk us through that crop you know the conditions it went into and how it developed conditions were dry good seed bed but but we we had a light shower thought it's going to chip and then we had a dry dry season growing and nothing came and the emergence was all over the place yeah, I think it plant. So we came in and did a, an assessment early on in That's, the season. We yeah. did a. I think we got a plant count of eighty-three thousand, which is, isn't awful, yeah, but it yeah. be very variable. Mm. And plant count was down generally last year. The average in the BYC was ninety-one, so you're a little bit below yes, the average. Yeah. But it was dry, seed cobbly. It was difficult to get it, so it was one of the factors mm. which kind of contributed yes, yeah, to that, poor performance. I there. think helped. But actually, looking at your figures, when we came we measured canopy cover you actually got quite good crop cover mm. at the end of the June so it obviously yeah. got going but got I guess that's a testament to the soil type here, that's right it? I mean it does hold its moisture well yeah. and we, we incorporate all the straw back in so it's fairly moisture retentive really to get get the crop growing early so come we got into June and that crop was had quite a reasonable canopy all a bit I mean a bit patchy in some places so what what let's let's what happened what was the virus virus levels starting to come come in uh, yellow leaves and then to the back end um, Sucospora came in yeah now the field we were in can you remember what variety it was I've got feeling it might was it was Cortessa is that yeah I think it was Cortessa Yeah. yeah Which uh, generally is, scores reasonably well for foliar disease. Of course, right. we, of course, we don't have detailed assessments for Sacospora because we just haven't seen those levels of Sacospora no, in crops right, before. Contessa, yeah. um, KWS varieties work very well mm. on the farm. And what, what fun, fungicide programme did you use? Two, on, two, two fungicides. fungicides. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just monitor it. So by the time we got to harvest, we'd lost a little bit of canopy, mm. which you'd expect. I think the canopy was down to around less than 70%. So, obviously, that was beginning to see where we lost some yield potential. Yes. Harvested in 10th of November? 10th, mid, 10th, yeah, 10th no, November. Yeah. Your, your final adjusted yield was? 62.53. Yeah, which was 62% of your potential. Yeah. Which, again, you know, it sounds 
challenging, but the reason we're here speaking to Jonathan today is actually he's performed more of his potential than many other in the areas, which reinforces how, what a desperate year it was yeah. and what a poor year it was for crops, particularly in this area. Yeah, very. Uh, uh, and, and I'm aware that, that you know, towards the end of the season, Sir did came come in and hit crops very, very hard. Yes, yeah. I mean, a historic year, the last time it should have been over 101 tonne. Yeah. It should have performed better, but a challenging year. Now, now, now thankfully, the 2021 crop is looking a hell of a lot better. Uh, yeah. no, no virus in it. No or, virus so uh, far. And, and you're just watching for Sacospora. Yeah, yeah, first application on already. Well, I think the, poten- the potential in crops for this year is that, is that much better. Yeah. So it was uh, 2020 was your first year as a B, uh, BYC, yes. was it? Yeah. Yes, okay. yeah, yeah. You had your arm twisted. Got my arm yeah. twisted yeah. to put so if, it if, in. If there was one take-home message about what I learned in that year, what, 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 what do you think it would be? Challenging crop to grow in a poor growing season is there anything you would have done regarding cultivations and drilling date with the benefit of hindsight with Rothman said we'd have looked at that more closely yeah. Um, studied it more. It, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because yeah, I, it I know is. exactly what you're, you're suggesting. If I drilled later, yeah. would I have? Yeah. And, and, and it's a really difficult one to do. And, and generally, I think it, we don't suggest we, drilling later to try and no. avoid pest and diseases. And it's I, so easy to say that at hindsight. There's not, there's not a clear no. answer no. to it, to increase yield whichever way I noticed a couple of farmers I think we we drilled earlier they drilled later but they got still got the poor poor crop they did yeah there's no, there no pattern no, to no that no rule of thumb at all no uh, I mean, I think one of the things which came out of the BYC last year for me was obviously how important getting good plant population is. Yeah. And I think you re- you recognise that. Mm. It was um, very dry and, and, and some of this kind of more bodied soil can be quite difficult to manage. Yeah, I mean, we've got a silver one end and you've got a bit more of a medium, heavier type at the other end, perhaps in places. And if you get too deep in the silt, it's not coming out. If you get it too shallow in the... In yeah. the heaviest drawing, yeah. Did, was the, I can't remember, did you plough ahead of yeah, that? Plough, you plough. would usually plough. Yeah, usually plough everything yeah. because it yeah. just doesn't perform subsoil every year. Yeah. And then go in with a Germinator Pro twice and then straight drill straight yeah. on. And normally it works. I think 2020 was that exceptional year yeah. when actually it was out of your hands of what you exactly, could do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the aphids came early, they came in such numbers. Yes, you know, yeah. that was I mean, it's frightening when you, look, when you got on your hands and knees and so and, uh, and I think one of the things we have learned, and I think you should take it as some, some comfort, is one of the reasons the Sarcospora was so bad, it came on the back of the virus. Yeah. So virus-affected leaves were basically yeah. more susceptible to a fungus infecting them. Mm. We're very clear on that. So mm. I think this no year, green. yeah, no I think green. we can be happy this year with that if we keep our crops healthy and green. We probably hopefully won't see much Sarcospora. That's right, yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's a good thing. Um, yeah, so, it's, it's, made, it's made us look closer yeah. to the crop. And I'm fairly sure the 2021 crop is Let's going to be so. a completely different <laughs> and right. uh, return a really good yield. And we're going to, going to have a look at it at a moment. And I'm yes. sure it will look like many other crops, full of potential. And I'd just like to say again, you know, congratulations on, on being the BYC uh, Whissington area champion grower. Thank you. Now, I had the pleasure of heading over to HBS Farms 1995 Limited to join Will Sands, who was the Cantley champion sugar beet grower.
Obviously, 2020 was really challenging for everybody within the sugar beet region. What were your hopes for the season? So, with 2020 being the year that it was of COVID, um, the field was originally destined for salad. I had a conversation with the guys that rented for salad, and they decided that they didn't want it because their sales were being pulled back. So I said, well, let me know, and I can at least put another crop in. Fortunately, they did, so we decided to go with sugar beet. Um, so everything was a little bit lastminute.com um, because it was meant to be a different crop. But we plowed and drilled it all within probably the same week. And that was, I think it, the drill date was the 24th of April. So yeah, it, was, which, it was a late drill. But a late drill probably worked well last year because we know obviously the aphids hit the crop early in the year. Yes, it was a little bit late and I personally felt it was relatively good in terms of it got up and got going when it did and it was just and half the reason I wanted to enter into BYC was because it was a, a field out of, outside of the normal circumstances of, of growing so hence why we entered it and yeah it was it was a challenging year and it was a good year to have it in BYC. And have you ever grown sugar beet on that field before then? Yes, historically on the farm, it's one of our main crops and it's just the one in three rotation across the farm normally. So were you surprised by the final yield? Good question. I, as every farmer, hoped it was going to be more, but I was pleasantly pleased with the short growing season that it was because it was lifted early on in October that it it was quite a good yield for that case. I thought I was I was quite happy with it, yeah. It was, yeah. It was good. Well, we're pleased to see it because you actually received it. It was 83.3 tonnes a hectare there. That's adjusted tonnes. It had a potential of 86 tonnes per hectare. So you actually got 96.8% of that potential, which is a, a fantastic figure, particularly in the year that we've just had. But you've got quite a good soil type here, haven't you, with a silty loam? Yes, a nice, fine, silty loam. It's very nice for easy working and good growing. And being by the coast, we don't tend to get the, the, the extreme heats. We're quite a nice sort of temperate climate and good growing conditions. And one thing also to add of why I think it was one thing that's benefited the crop being drilled so late, we drilled it on a 1.28 units a hectare and more seed for being as late on to try and get a higher yield. Yeah, because you had an excellent uh, population rate of 102,000. Yes. Is that, do you think, anything to do with the fact you use cover crops on the farm? Do you think that helps in the soil? Uh, um, I think it does. Unfortunately, that year, Phil, being salad was left with stubble, um, just to try and help the salad boys with establishment and weeds, prep weed burden, but we don't, that field didn't get it. Normally we do, and I do think cover crops overall do generally help as it helps to break the soil up and the soil's always better to have something growing in it. Yeah, and what about um, you know, liquid digestate on the um, farm generally? Um, did that have any digestate on that? Yes, that field did have some liquid digestate. Um, I always like to put a element of organic manure on. I don't like everything coming out of the bag as I don't think it's sort of necessarily 100% right for the soil in terms of trying to encourage 
sort of mycelia and worms and stuff like that, if you can rely on a bit of organic and out of the bag, it's the best combination of both of them. Yeah. So in applying that and then drilling, what was the time delay? <laughs> I wish every fill could be as quick as this. Uh, so we applied on the Monday. As it was applied with the drill bar, we were flat lifting it because it was so hard we couldn't get the power in the ground. Um, it was then ploughed on the Tuesday and then rolled with levelling boards and rolled because of the moisture loss. We then put the fertiliser spreader on and as a fertiliser we put one application all in the base, um, cultivated and then drilled on the Wednesday. So it was a very quick turnaround for the whole field. So fertiliser programme was fairly close yeah. but I think that's all helps with the field. So good that we got off to a good start, but it was a really, really dry year. Um, how do you get on with your herbicides when you've got such a, a dry start? Herbicides were certainly interesting. Um, I think we delayed the first herbicide as long as we dared, just purely because things weren't growing, just to try and make sure it um, got into it and yes we did have to up the rates because the things were on a high growth stage and we initially liked um, but all in all I think weed control in the end was fine um, I think we had a three spray program with a fourth being um, grass feed herbicide as well and then, obviously, moving on from that, we had um, a little bit of aphid impact here. I know the field wasn't, wasn't affected badly with virus yellows, but did you use any aphicides? Uh, field in question only had one. I think there might have been one field that had two because it had a high pressure. But generally, being on the coast, we got away from the aphids situation a bit more. One of our fields did get caught by it, but bad for this area, but probably not as bad as some of the listeners, and we were lucky with it. Yeah, so I think um, when we did the foliar uh, assessment, you were about 30% of disease, which was never a good thing, but compared to others, that was pretty good for the last year. Was there any other uh, specific concerns that you had as the crop developed? Probably my biggest concern was drought as things were flagging and when our field here starts flagging on some of that sort of that, you know it is getting bad. I did have some which were flat to the deck for weeks but they were, they did recover and I generally there probably was a little bit more disease than wanted to get into the winter just because all of a sudden we had that monstrous set of rain and it just didn't dry out. I think that was sort of end of September, it did just the weather turn. So later in the season it did get a little bit worse, but generally at the start it was better. And you managed to miss the um, the worst rain when you actually were harvesting because you harvested later in um, November, didn't you? Yes, that was probably the only dry period we had after lifting potatoes in a lovely conditions <laughs> um, in plenty of mud. Uh, we, I was actually rather annoyed when we were lifting because uh, 
things happen on the farm, which meant I couldn't get the wheat in as soon as we lifted it. Yeah. But it was good lifting conditions, and we had to catch it before the rain. Yeah. It was, yeah, think it was challenging lifting this year. Yeah, well, I could say you obviously lifted and did well, and very little damage to the crop going into the factory either, which is good. So, how does it feel to be um, the Cantley Championship Week Grower of 2020? I'm sure that a few neighbours are going to give me a few elbows and uh, take the mickey. But no, it's uh, it's nice to see that we we did a good job and it's nice to have a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah. And then especially after last year, I mean, everyone found it so challenging. So, yeah, we're really pleased to say well done to you and all everybody on the farm. Thank you. Now we head west to meet the Hitchcock family in the Berry area. First of all, thank you very much for allowing me to come and see you today and do a catch-up. Normally, we would be doing um, the presentations at Cereals. So great to be able to come and see you in your home. And first of all, congratulations on being the the Berry Champion Growers for the second time of the the four-year programme. So well done on that. Thank you very much. Great to see we actually had two fields in from you, so you know, one from yourself and one from Will. And I know it was a, a bit of a joint act on, on the two, wasn't it? You yeah, don't... we had a lot of overlap between the two fields. They're just on two different contracts, so that's why we decided to put two fields in. With all of these fields, we tend to work out what the potential yield could be. And we've got sort of 101 tonnes a hectare to 100.8, so there wasn't a lot in that. But when we look at the percentage-wise, it was your field guy that won at 86.3% of the potential. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about what yield you actually did achieve and how you felt the year went for you? Uh, it was a very difficult start. Um, we had a wet autumn and winter. It led to um, very difficult seabed conditions. We normally use a Vertistat NZ cultivator wouldn't work we resorted back to a power harrow which was the wrong thing to do uh, dried the seabed out after we drilled and uh, we had very poor establishment and then we decided to try and put some water on through irrigation because we had no rainfall to try and help plants through solid cap potentially and ended up with a very below average plant stand to what we normally achieve and then we struggled from there on. For the records guy we've got uh, the two fields were actually drilled just two days apart so you just mentioned there the establishment figures um, I don't know if you remember I've got here that uh, the actually the winning field had 65,800 plants per hectare and um, the other field you entered was 83,400 so there was a vast difference in the establishment rates over the two fields wasn't there? Yeah the other field was uh, cultivated with an NZ which was the right thing to do because we preserved some of the moisture. Uh, It's lighter soil as well so that helped but even on light land the plant population was less than we were hoping for but it did help you know bolster the yield in the end. Um, the winning field obviously had very big roots which you know helped the, situa- the situation and it was worth putting the water on just to try and increase that root size. Now you put on um, the winning field you actually put 10 mil in May and then further 20 mil in July whereas on the other field we actually had, had 30 mil all applied in July. So do you think that early application of water might have made a difference? 
I think we help maintain the water level in the ground. Um, little and often is always best, isn't it? But it's just practicalities and logistics at the time. Um, we wanted to cover everything on that second field together, so that's why I had one hit um, in June or July, yeah. The 10 mil was mainly to try and get the beat growing and established. Um, we wouldn't normally do that, and that's um, probably wouldn't do it again. It was just very, very dry spring. While we're talking about irrigation, if we do now have a, a dry spell, would you irrigate? We've irrigated 30 hectares here this week, but we've only given it 22 mil, and I felt that um, that would benefit the crop. Uh, we have not had the heavy storms that other people have had. Eight miles west of us at Bretnam, they had 181 mil of rain last Sunday evening. We had three. Yeah, quite a different hit, isn't it? <laughs> so, I mean, you've got a good mix of soil type here. So you've got clay loam in one area, sandy loam in the other, and there's only a few miles between the two, isn't there? Yeah, about eight miles between the two. It does make management harder because you have to have a wider range of machinery to deal with the different soil types. But um, it's nice to have that variation from a lifting point of view because we can go and lift the lighter land when we wouldn't be able to go on the heavy land. But to be honest, last year we didn't really have that choice at all. There was never a day without rain, really, and it made life very difficult. Yeah, and when did you lift... Yeah, so one of the fields was lifted in December and the winning field was lifted on the 1st first, first, first of January, yes. Well, start the new year with a prize, look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was wet, I know, but how bad were the conditions here? <sighs> terrible, terrible, yeah. If it wasn't for our chaser, we wouldn't have done it. Um, there was a slight frost the morning we got going, but it wasn't really enough. To, yeah, it was just about being there at the right time and having the right equipment. Um, and the field was completely redrained two years previous. If that hadn't happened, I do wonder if we'd even been able to get the crop off the field. Yeah, pro- probably not in the way that yeah, we had. And it was still wet up until sort of mid-February, wasn't it? Mm. It's taken a long while for the, the ground to dry out. When would you normally be harvesting? Well, traditionally we were... Uh, done and dusted by um, early December but um, due to two large contracts now we are drifting um, later and later. And uh, obviously virus yellows impact on lots of people. I know for both these crops you had about 30% virus infection on the leaves. How did you actually find just general disease and viruses? Where we'd had gappy poor plants back here the virus was a lot worse where we'd had secondary germination mm-hmm. that really showed up with the virus but where we'd had more consistent germination from word go virus was less but it was still there and you know more than we'd like to see i'm assuming you used two apicides three in the end three yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yes there's nothing nice about having to, no, to no. use more it's, you know it's nice this year we've only used one and it feels acceptable whereas last year was far from it yeah yeah, and I think everyone's saying that no one knew quite how they were going to manage. We could just, no. yeah, yeah. 
aphids coming out of our ears, which uh, was not a good place to be for anyone. Um, what about weed control? Because a lot of people struggle with that dry start to the year. Um, how did you find your herbicide programme? Very poor. Um, we tracked to hoe the winning field, which we haven't done for years, just to try and help the weed situation. But even that, you know, it was less than acceptable after that. Um, the lighter land wasn't as bad, but I think that's because we'd had more even germination. It just helps with competition. So, yeah, um, but no, luckily this year is looking better. So, talk about this year then. So, what varieties are you growing? Uh, we've got 1140, 1915 and Cortessa. For this year, competition is 1915. looks extraordinarily well. And the field at um, Claydon is... I believe it's Cortessa. Yeah. But we were lucky to have some 1915 seed last year to put into the winning field. Yeah. And that's obviously proved itself. So, yeah, we're more than happy to carry on with it. Yeah, because yeah, I think it was uh, 1950 and Cortessa, the two we had yeah. last year, aren't they? Yeah. So, come on, what's your predictions then? What are you hoping for at the end of this season? Back here at Chapel Farm, we're hoping to um, average 100 tonne a hectare. And back at Clayton probably around about 85. Right, well we wish you all the best for this season. I'm, I'm sure seeing the attention to detail that you both play on, on doing well, the, the whole family, it's always a family affair here, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, um, all the best for that and uh, we look forward to hearing your results on this year's BYC field. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. So now let's just round off all of the winners of the BYC competition for 2020 by visiting Will Baker at Thorsby Farming, who is the overall champion sugar beet grower. I'm with Will Baker of Thorsby Farming. Uh, Thorsby is, I think, Will, 10, 15 miles north of Newark? Yeah, yeah, 14 miles from the factory, yeah. Uh, uh, And if any of you know that area, it's on some real light sandy land so it's it, it's tricky and demanding isn't it it's, it's sand over sandstone so yeah, yeah. we're as light as uh, as light as you get we're on the on the on the sort of eight to ten mile band of sand between uh, yeah. between nottingham and doncaster basically yeah. so um, yeah but, but uh forestry farming is our is our finalist from the uh newark area in the byc challenge uh but uh as I've just uh, announced to Will, he's also the overall winner. So of all the, across the whole beet area and all the BYC crops, he produced the highest percentage of the potential overall. Uh, his actual yield was just over 100 tonne a hectare. He pretty much reached all his potential. So Will, congratulations. A great effort in, 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 a, in a really really challenging year uh, and I know there'll be growers based down in Whissington area and Berry, which probably proportionally had more virus and certainly more Sarcospora and wish they were probably for slightly further north last year but hey <laughs> that's the way it goes but uh, tell us a little bit about the crop last year so uh, so, the, so the field we uh, we grew the VYC entry field in is crop in is, is actually quite a good field. It is a south facing field, just literally um, outside the office here at, um, at Thorsby. And, um, and yeah, no, it, it, it tends to do well in, in whatever we grow in it. But um, so last spring was a real challenge with the extreme weather. You know, it came really wet and then um, and then came really dry. We were play, we've been playing around with minimal tillage establishment for sugar beet, and um, we do use chicky muck and things like that ahead of um, well for the for the sugar beet crop. And we um, we try to put the sugar beet, uh, the, the chicken muck on just ahead of the um, 
just ahead of the cultivator in front of the beat drill. But the, the, the idea of going to a minimum tillage type system was to try and leave that chicken muck right in the surface and, and mix it to sort of four inches deep if we can. So as soon as the beet gets up and away, it's got hold of that, a, a lot of available nutrition in it, and it gets up and away, which seemed to work last year. And, and last year was the first year we really um, did a lot of that kind of system, and it, and it seems to have worked, which is, um, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, so yeah, I think if I obviously are looking at the records you shared with us, you drilled on the 26th of March, emergence on the around the 12th of April, which was pretty good in a dry year. But what really drew my eye was when we came on farm at the end of June, you pretty much had full canopy cover. We said with 93% we recorded, which is fantastic to get that, you know, in a, in a really dry, uh, not particularly uh, brilliant spring to get that. And it was probably quite a lot ahead of other crops. So you were doing something right in terms of getting the early canopy well, yeah. establishment. Uh, and, and I think not doing too much to the land in front of the drill, you know, helped. You know, beat into moisture, yeah. and, and it, it came up and never looked back, really. Yeah. Um, it goes with the old adage, adage doesn't take well-sown, half-grown, and I think, um, yeah, That's no, it, it certainly did that. But, yeah. So the yeah. crop off got off to a great start, but you, you did irrigate it, didn't you, to keep that canopy going through the yeah, dry summer? Yeah, so that, that, that field had um, had four passes of irrigation, so that had 120 ml of water um, over the season, um, spread out a long way through the season. Um, you know, the last the last application was um, middle end of August, you know, to really try and keep kicking the crop on. And I think there's, there was a lot of research done in, in ADAS years and years ago about late irrigating sugar beet I think um, you know we would if we had to keep irrigating into in September you know really try and keep the crop um, the crop growing just this last week when it's been quite warm we have some neutron probes in the sugar beet just to see how we're doing and, and you know the crop's been pulling four and a half mil a day yeah you know mm. which is just amazing and I think we've, we've watered as well through this season and I think the canopies haven't wilted that much so I think that they're just sort of using more really it was a late harvested crop in into the new year wasn't it when we came to look at it quite late on there was a little bit of disease in there and the canopy kind of dropped off a little bit towards the campaign didn't it which you'd expect I think it did yeah it did I think it was a bit of this cosperous stuff yeah. like that coming in and, and the crop had um, the crop had three fungicides and we sort of did the best we can try and keep it as green as possible as late as possible really it was fine until until the bitter end really to be honest yeah no and you did exactly the right thing you know particularly if you're going to go that late we've seen that from trials work but also strangely from the previous years of the BYC that third fungicide for that late harvest can actually pay dividends it wasn't it wasn't a great year because there wasn't a lot of sunshine in the autumn last year but you hung it on you kept going and i'm sure that would have contributed to that extra you would have eaten every potential bit of light interception and yield you could have got yes yeah keeping it green you know keeping giving the crop what it needs you know we are we do see ourselves as quite high input and hopefully high output um, beet producers really you know we give it everything it needs and hopefully it'll the crop will look after us presumably Um, obviously the land being light you didn't have any issues with harvesting again like a lot of other beet growers do well, we, we actually had a nibble in, in the crop uh, a couple of weeks before and, and came out and went back again, but um, that was okay. because of the, the tip sign stuff. But yeah, no, it's, um, we tend to be able to lift as and when we, we want and we, we share a harvester with a neighbour and it works really well, actually. You know, we can lift when we want to and, and keep Hawley busy and, and going when he's struggling everywhere else, to be yeah. honest. And any of your sugars are good because, uh, again, just looking at the records here, 15.9, so 16% sugar, right at the top yeah. end of what growers were experiencing last year. Yeah. 
Yeah, which which was not a surprise, but you know that late in the season with with not a lot of top in there, I was mm. kind of thinking Shrewsbury might have just dropped away a bit. But um, yeah, no, we were, we were lucky. I think it's interesting you say that because something we observed, particularly with Sir if you lose a lot of foliage to Sir it has a terrible habit of encouraging a lot of regrowth, and of course that eats away at sugar in the root. Uh, and if you're not in a, a year with a lot of sunshine, you tend not to replenish it again. So clearly, you didn't suffer from that to any great extent. I would suggest, but I was just looking at that. That, that sugar figure. Yeah, I mean, we did, we did, we did delist some crops a bit later on, and, and they did, it did drop off quite fast after that. Just click, flicking back to early in the season again, a lot of growers found weed control tricky in the dry spring. Just talk us through your your weed control strategy. Andrew Wells, our agronomist based <laughs> system, so it's a lot little and often, and Good. spend as little as possible. I think timing is is key, you know, and, and, and as and when we we need to go, we go, and we're quite lucky we've got um, reasonable sprayer capacity and dedicated to that guys to sit on the seat and. Um, when sort of, we need to go we can go and, mm. and not sting the beet too much massive believer in, in trying to do stuff at the right time of day and around the white, right water rates and things like that and it seems to um, seems to have really helped Andrew guides as well and um, yeah keeps us um, keeps us on the straight yeah, and narrow to yeah. be honest and I guess I mean obviously by virtue being slightly kind of north in the northern area well we think it's north from down here I, I don't think you had quite the aphid pressure but I guess you had to put insecticide on did you? Yeah we did, we did put an insecticide on or two I'm just trying to remember how we put on now but yeah no, we did we did put an insecticide on um, yeah a couple of insecticides but there was a lot of schools of thought um, because it's around here that, that really suffered and, and, and obviously being in the heart of Sherwood Forest there was a, a logic somewhere mumbled that because fields are surrounded by trees they block the aphids and all that kind of stuff but I, I, part of me thinks and, and I've got nothing to, to, to prove this I think a healthy crop seems to want to fight virus itself because we fed stuff well and, and the crop was healthy you know all the way through the season I think it's of its natural resistance will have helped more than anything definitely and I think also the fact you've got such rapid canopy development and a high really high population which was fantastic which is a testament to the seedbed I think you, you know we know aphids are attracted to gappy crops we also know they 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 transfer virus more rapidly in young plants and I think your crop was probably advancing and probably getting to the towards the 12th leaf stage when the aphids came in second week of June which you probably maybe slightly light, slightly later in your area so yeah I think you did well by virtue of, of geography but also just planning to minimise the impact which you certainly did because you had yeah, less, you had less so, than 30% virus in your crop we tried to give give the land you know uh, what it needs for the past sort of 10 15 years so I'm probably reaping the, re- the rewards of historic management really to be honest you know plenty of chicky muck in the rotation bits of compost and stuff like that I think we're, we're really trying to build a, a nice soil to grow stuff in really climate change is here it's with us it's now it's not the future and building resilience in your soil is exactly the right thing to do well yeah we're very lucky to have plenty of water around and be, be able to mm. have capacity to keep crops going through these extreme seasons you know we, yeah. we had it in, in June this time everything suddenly it was red hot and you know we're lucky we've, we, we've got we've got the ability to turn the tap on and get yeah. water on a lot of crops going forwards hopefully that will help us carry on farming yeah. to be honest anyhow so well congratulations again I've got your certificate thanks and your trophy much. for you here so thanks very much and yeah, thanks, thanks for spending some time uh, talking to us today if you'd like to hear more of the Beat Yield Challenge and see the 2020 report please view our website but for now thank you very much for listening for listening